Welcome everyone into Inside LAFC. I am Max. We've got a good show for you today. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. This is not the reason I brought Beto Duran. Beto Duran, who does a Living the Dream podcast and works for uh, CBS covering the Chargers and is all over the LA sports beat, but he's also got a a national footprint. I enjoy speaking with him about a variety of topics. He was at Bank of California Stadium. We'll get his thoughts about seeing a game there. And he was also at SoFi Stadium, the new Rams Chargers Stadium, what that was like in the era of COVID. I also want to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, the really, it shouldn't be, I'm glad it's there, but it, it's, it's be, it shouldn't be based on when it begins and when it ends as to why we celebrate culture, what, what we do on a regular basis to learn more about our Hispanic neighbors here in Los Angeles in particular. Uh, I am Cuban. My friends are majority Hispanic. Uh, both my parents, uh, exiles from Cuban, you know, I spent a long time in Miami. And the, when I came to Los Angeles in the transition, I, I focused on making friends and I gravitated to the Mexican community, the Honduran community and, and the El Salvadorian community. And it was incredible for me to see that. And you appreciate it so much when you're shooting up that level. I had an advantage because I spoke the language and I encourage everyone to try and do that because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful experience to have. But we're also going to talk about opportunities for Hispanic. Oh, by the way, he also had a, a Hispanic Heritage Month special on ESPN 710 with Pablo Cisniega. We'll get his thoughts on Pablo. Pablo's just, just a wonderful guy. And it's good to see him doing well. Uh, uh, his performance, I think eight straight starts. Uh, obviously, San Jose got in front there late, but he couldn't really be blamed for uh, the goals that went in. He's been doing very, very well. But we also want to talk to Beto about opportunities and how we, how we can corner that market. Because again, there's a dollar sign attached to it. There's a, a huge Mexican audience in Los Angeles, a huge Hispanic audience in the country. And we, we, we celebrate Hispanic heritage to celebrate them, but we also try to bring them in closer because they want a seat at the table and they should be given a seat at the table. I'll talk to Beto about that shortly. I do want to get uh, a few days have gone by since the San Jose result. It was a very bitter pill to swallow. Not only because, you know, LFC did not look their best with their goal scoring opportunities. We, I think everyone's perception a bit out of whack because we saw San Jose hemorrhaging goals I saw two of their games, full 90 minutes against Seattle, and then I really buckled down and watched the Colorado Rapids game where they lost five zip, the Seattle game 7-1. Wide open spaces, you get behind the midfield, and you get chance after chance. That was a different San Jose game team we saw at Bank of California Stadium last Sunday, a little more closed by necessity. I was telling that to Warren Barton or Plus One. I talked to the other folks within the club. I go, there's no way San Jose is going to leave themselves exposed the way LAFC can transition and create ideas, especially when it's a block, a line of defenders. It's a lot easier than it's two lines with the midfield, which drop back a little bit more. No one really was too buccaneering for lack of a better expression. That was the first word that came up moving forward and leaving space behind them. So it was a little tougher for LAFC and San Jose proved that they're not as bad as some of those results. Frustrating because LAFC had the goal, uh, Perfect timing at the half. They built up that in the second half. Several opportunities to not put the game away. Uh, I've read the comments, and you know, I know people are, uh, are upset out there in the LAFC. I, I, I ask you all to be patient. This is a season 
where uh, unless things go cataclysmically bad, which they haven't, uh, LFC just has to get that consistency and finish some chances. That this is a season you kind of have to grin and get through and not hit the panic button because of all of the crazy stuff that's involved in it. The reality is LFC is going to make the postseason. They have to win some games on the road. They're going to get their opportunity starting this Sunday at Real Salt Lake at Colorado. And then they place Seattle. It'll be a Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday for the next two weeks with three road games there at Salt Lake, Colorado, and Vancouver. Need to get some points there. They certainly could. Actually, the Colorado game, there was uh, some COVID cases with the Rapids, so we have to wait and see uh, what happens with that game. We'll have more details. But LAFC need, like every MLS club, need to just decompress, and they get a chance this week without having to go back and forth. Remember the travels. Remember, like every, and there's no excuses here because every other MLS team has to do it. The travel to Salt Lake where the game was postponed, came back, and they did that trip a week later. It's a, it's a moment there to just stop and smell the roses. They may not be red, red roses right now, but look at what this, what this club has done thus far. Some guys have to recharge the batteries. The missed opportunities continue to arise. I know Brian Rodriguez is a guy that had a couple good opportunities. He does have to put those. He has to put those away. A, a guy at that level has to put those away. He has still had the work is there from Brian. He is second in the league in assists. I think maybe he, he may, feels he's more of a, a, an assist player, a guy who will help create. And the clinical goal scoring finish has gone away. Those things come back. Uh, I think you, with Brian, there's enough there to help be patient. And the reality is he has been an investment. And with COVID and the fact that he's not playing at premium level, the thought of someone saying where he could go to another club is just not feasible. He's going to grow and develop in this, in this team. Um, you know, if someone offers an astronomical uh, transfer fee, then perhaps that's something we can discuss at a later point. But this is Brian to develop. He's 20 years old. And there's some good, but he does have to work on some, some things. That said, South American World Cup qualifiers are coming up. Uruguay on their 26th provisional man roster have called in Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez. From what I heard from LAFC, there's a couple more of our South American players that are on provisional rosters. The guys who go for this game, I imagine they'll play Sunday at Real Salt Lake and then make their way to join their national team. That will take about two weeks out just the games when you include the 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 protocols for covid you're looking at three weeks if not more where if these two guys do end up playing for the national team uh, they will be missing so this will probably take them out for the month of october which is the meat and potatoes of the remaining schedule the season ends november the 8th Maybe it's a good time for some other guys to come in and see what they can do, and this is going to be their opportunity. Now, Major League Soccer, uh, there were reports that they had a pushback with certain South American federations about releasing their players. This is a fluid situation, but LAFC, to their credit, said that is a club decision about players going for international duty, and they support their players, which is the absolute right decision. This is where we're at. LAFC pushing forward for 
some road wins, which will take off that pressure. It's about making the postseason. Everyone's going to be there in the end. Uh, just looking at the Western Conference, because that's all LAFC plays. LAFC never leaves the mountain time zone here, which will help. So let's, let's, let's roll through this season and see where it takes us, because the reality is LAFC can still win MLS Cup. That's a fact. Teams have come through the back door time and time again. Why not this year? I'll leave it at that. We will be back with Beto Duran to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, Bank of California Stadium, Pablo Cisniega, and many more. Please subscribe, rate, and review to Inside LAFC. We're back here on Inside LAFC. Beto Duran, the man with the Living the Dream podcast, joins me now. Hello, Beto. How's it going, man? I'm glad you're so busy. I'm glad I could get you here. You're everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretending to be busy on Instagram. That's what I'm doing. No, you're uh, not. I saw you on Channel 2 with Mike Hill. You're at SoFi Stadium. You are at Bank of California Stadium not too long ago. Yeah. A busy man in a busy sports town. Yeah, I'm just happy that we're able to get back to games, even though it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I, it was weird that I went to an LAFC game, and you're not there. Uh, Rogandino's not there. And it was just weird to go. It was the first sporting event I covered since the pandemic hit, and – just being uh, LAFC stadium is awesome. The bank is cool. I've gone there as a fan. It was, that was the second time I've gone and working and it was just so surreal because it, you walk in it's don't go to the press box. It's yeah. you're going to a suite and you're in a suite by yourself, which is normally cool. But then the rest of the stadium is empty. Then I'm watching. see the thing for me as a reporter, I've always taken pride in showing up three hours early, you know, watching the stadium, wake up, watching the players come out for warmups. And when I see the players come out for warm-ups, I'm like, cool. Then I'm realizing this isn't the warm-up. This is the actual game. It was just eerie, weird. And the way we do the press conference afterwards with the players, we have to Zoom with them. There's no interaction at all. I mean, in soccer, there's not much interaction with them anyways. But just it, – it's all weird. I'm just – I'm happy that there's games out there for the fans to watch. And I put it the same way. I love how you said that, watching the stadium wake up. That is a beautiful feeling when you're in the press box and you see – the, the, the away team arrived, the home team, the coach, and you, the fans start to fill the seats. And I tell, I, I tell fans, like, I, I got to – I didn't go to that game because there's a strict 300 folks they allow. And I don't want to eat up one of those valuable spots. 300 people is a very small amount just to watch the game, take it away from a media member or somebody that was there for a better reason because, yeah, I could watch the game. And, again, I can't, inter- I can't get close to the players or coaches on the interviews afterwards. But it's, it's a means to an end, and I'm glad we're watching these games. But the first time I did it, and just to give background, like you said, there's, you have to go through these checks and balances. You go up one elevator, you have to come down a, a different stairwell. They're trying to streamline it, and I get it, because there's really strict guidelines in place that if you don't adhere to, then no sports. So hats off to all the folks in every stadium and every sports club that have to go through those protocols and keeping everyone safe, and by and large, everyone's been kept pretty safe and I tell that to folks and I'm glad we're there and you have to see the point where we get fans back and supporters back because every time I've gone since every game it's harder to go through that process and be in that empty stadium the first time it was nice but every time since and every time I imagine moving forward it's going to get more difficult yeah it, it sucks like I, I looked over and a friend of mine Marcos uh, Palaio is a big LAFC supporter I worked with him uh, at Golden Boy, Boy. Yeah, Marco, yeah. and he, uh, 
he, he was the one who told me about LAFC years ago. He's like, this is going to happen. And, you know, I'm always skeptical, like, all right, I need a team. What's going to happen? Then the marketing. He was the one that kept me up to date. I'm going to see the tickets. He's like, there's going to be this supporter crew. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once I saw what 3252 is all about and everything is out there. And you know what sucked for me, though, is pulling up to the Coliseum area, the Expo Center, and not seeing the fans out there on the grass with yeah. their kind of side of the tailgating. Like, there was no – that was just – I'm like, that sucks. It's like the little things that's been – that I don't know if we're ever going to get that back. And, like, just looking over where the 3252 would be at behind the goal, like – Normally, there's like a party going on, and, and they pipe in the noise, the crowd noise into the stadium a little bit, but then it's like the delay. So, after, and that was a game where they were just scoring golazo after golazo, and then afterwards, it's like, um, the guy scores, and then 10 seconds later, yay! And it's like, ah, oh, it's like just, I, I can't imagine how the players deal with it. And like, and for the fans, I feel bad for them because I know they're so die hard about it, and I see your tweets about with them. It's like they want to cheer on their team, but it's like, ah, it, it just it all sucks. Yeah, yeah it, it's frustrating. And the, the in-stadium audio has gotten, has gotten better. And it, it was weird because at the end of the last game, when the, all the audio went off, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in my seat and I could hear in the distance off on, a, on the other side of Figueroa, a, 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 a small group of supporters cheering, oh, really? drumming. That's yeah, cool. And that's the game LAFC lost. And when I heard that, it was, it was like this – it was a cold comfort because, you know, you wish they were closer, but – it was still nice. And we shouldn't encourage them. We're not supposed to, they're not supposed to really be there to, just for safety precautions. I hate saying that, yeah. but that we have to abide by it. Otherwise there's no games, but I, uh, it's, uh, it's just so surreal. And I, and the, the Christmas tree lane, it, it'll come back, but it's, it's such a, it's so jarring from one end to the next where you saw that, where that was an area where it was so difficult to do anything, you know, the, the city and expo park. No, no. And yeah. all of a sudden LAFC did the due diligence where you go, Hey, we can have here. And the folks are, you know, they, they get, they get their drink on, they get their barbecue on, but they do it in a smart way. And just to see that it's always fun. was an eye opener. Yeah. It's we all need to have fun. Taken, yeah, my daughter, she's a soccer player. She's 10. And I've taken her to games with me and we hang out in that area where for some of the SC games, I might not have taken her, but for the <laughs> LAFC games, I'm, she's hanging out there. She's cool. She's running around like that. Marco takes good care of me. And it's like, it's a fun family environment, man. It's cool. I, I miss that part. Yeah, and US, USC will have games, but not they would have had games around this time. And to have that, you know, that cross-culture of sports going on, we'll, we'll have to wait. We'll be patient with it. You were, you were at SoFi Stadium, too, and you had that same experience. Explain to me, yeah, what, the, so, what, what is that venue? I mean, that venue looks like Future World times 10. It doesn't look real, and I know it's real. It's the most spectacular. I mean, because... Bank of California is a spectacular place, but it's 22,000 seats. That thing is just four times, five times as large. But what was it like covering it there? And then obviously not thinking about what it would look like with supporters. Yeah, so I walk, uh, SoFi Stadium, the new NFL football stadium that uh, Stan Kroenke built. They, they call it Stan Canyon a little bit, the, the owner of the Rams. It's <laughs> actually not a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> Five billion dollars. Uh, you walk in, and I've been to Cowboy Stadium in Texas. That's impressive. It's kind of like on the same mold about that. It's an indoor outdoor facility, the way it's built. So it's really cool. Um, you walk up, and that used to be the site of Hollywood Park. And I grew up going to the track. And when I was 18, 19, Lay, laying it down night, on the ponies, dollar night at Hollywood Park, we'd like buy a dollar dog, dollar beer, dollar bed. It was cool. So it's you walk up in there, and you're like, wow. So 
you walk in from the floor level, street level, but they dug a hole down and six stories down is where the field is at. Wow. So when you walk into the stadium, you walk in through doors, like normal doors, but then like behind the end zone, it opens up. It's an indoor outdoor feel. And it's, it's pretty cool the way it's set up. And, but I haven't been able to explore the stadium because of the COVID you have different tiers. So I'm only allowed to be on floor six where I'm where the press is at. So, but you walk in there, it's just crazy. The, the, the roof doesn't open up. It's translucent. Um, but as the sun is setting, it's great. It's a, it, I mean, it's what you expect when it's a $5 billion facility and it's state of the art and it's the brand new one. And it's really cool. They, they, it, I, it just, that's another one. It's weird. Like for the Charger game, they were piping in fan noise and it was like, okay, a little bit too much hype. For the Rams game, they had some fan noise, but not too much. So, and I, you talk to the players after, it's like, man, some of this sucks. Some of these guys like it. It's just, it's, and then football players, you're supposed to use so much noise, what's going on. It's just, you hear it. And then you know what's really weird is, when you're covering the game, you go into the press box and it's quiet. So you're just watching people run around. There's no fan noise. There's nothing. There's nothing. No, and that is really weird. And you can't go anywhere. So I went, so I like I said, I do my hits for uh, CBS two after the games on Sundays and you're standing there and then security's like, you can't stand here. I'm like, there's nobody around me. Like I got to be here. They're like, you got to go over there. Like it's really tight with protocol, which they should be. You have right. to respect that. Um, but the sites look good. I, I, as far as the soccer side, like, I can only imagine a World Cup there, like the mm. way it's set up, and they're not done building it. Uh, there's gonna be a concert hall right next to it. Uh, th- that whole area is gonna become just like how LA Live is in downtown LA, where it's gonna explode. So, it, I wish I could tell you more about the stadium, but I don't know because I'm only allowed to walk in, <laughs> um, and then go straight to my seat and walk right back out, like. I, I want to give a shout out to the folks who work at this at these stadiums that have to yeah. tell these folks because even when we have food, you, you have to eat the food and eat it at a certain area. And I, mm-hmm. I, I picked up my lunch bag and the guy goes, you got to sit here. And I wanted to argue and I'm like, don't, this is a you tough can. job. Just eat here. Don't be a pain. And, yeah. and I, it, 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 it just hits you because it's a new world and you have to do that. And little by little, those will get loosened if things go uh, the way we hope and we progress towards putting this, this virus, whatever you want to call it, in our back. You know, no one calls it Corona anymore. It's all COVID, no. which I'm glad. That's one I, development. The way I am on my Instagram, at Bethel Vision, I like to take people behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, dude, the first time I went in there, I went Instagram live. I'm cool. I'm walking around in security. You can't walk over here. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. I walk over. You can't be here. I'm like, I get it. I'm not trying to be that pain, but I'm like, nobody else can come in here. So I'm trying to show the people a little bit. Uh, so I wish I could tell you what the other side of the stadium looks like, but I don't <laughs> like, but yeah, I do but know that that's far away side, too. Yeah. On the North side, they have great views. It's like, all, uh, it's, it's, so everything is state of the art. It's cool. It's crazy. It's uh, uh, the only thing I don't like. It's not just me being traditionalist. It's turf. Like I wish it was, so- I wish it was grass. That's just me complaining. Yeah. If they have a world cup, they're going to have to roll in some grass. They're going to have to some of these games, but that's good. So the dimensions, but just as a little joke, when the Chargers play, do they pipe in audio from the Carolina Panthers fans? <laughs> you got to make them know. You, gotta uh, make them know. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all Chargers now. That's my team. But I can take a little. The, the, the best part is like, we're, like uh, people are tweeting, me, well, it's the same amount of fans that they have at the last game. I'm like, really? That's your yeah. best joke? Like, that's, like, that's, that's weak. I apologize. And, yeah, but uh, you know, when you talk about that, for the World Cup, if they roll in grass, at that stadium, 
they have field level suites. So you're on the actual pitch. So you can stand right there. I mean, I don't know how much those people pay for them, but just like how Cowboys say, there's suites on the field. So imagine that seeing the elite of the elite playing right in front of you. And it's like, and even when you go to the top, top section, like the 700 level, uh, I think that's what it's called, or it's four seven, but um, the seat's not that bad. It doesn't look like you're way out of there because it goes straight up. So you're looking down into the bowl. So it's pretty cool. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I heard you can access the suite holders and uh, this, I'm going to have to find someone who, who has a suite, but on non-game days, you can go hang out at your suite. No, obviously it comes with a, a price tag involved, but you have servers in there and you can just chill with your friends and watch games. Yeah, it's a for so, so it's also the scoreboard. It goes from the end of the end zone to the other end zone, so it's 120 yards. It, it covers the length of the entire grass. Like Cowboy Stadium only goes for the 20 to 20. This is just crazy. What you could probably see that scoreboard from the airport. Yeah, you can. You can see. Oh. Yeah, when you're flying over, you can see it. FAA. That's very cool. And, and hats off to you know say what you want. You know, people upset at Stan Kroenke. He moved the Rams, but he built this stadium. It's supposed to be full of people. It's open now, and they, they, you know, their hands are tied that they can't. Every sports team, this is so difficult to, to do it, but we, we applaud them for being able to get to this point where we have games because there was a time we had nothing in progress. Have you, been, have you worked out of the Dodgers Stadium when it was empty? No. Uh, okay. This will be the first year in 15 years that I don't cover a Dodger game. That's not uh, right, man. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I haven't covered baseball much the last few years, but I've always been able to do the playoffs or anything like that. And it's just like there's it, – it's just no need. Uh, for me to be there work-wise and then also like I like talking to people I like getting information and right now it the way that the media is being treated and because you have to because of protocols every single reporter gets the same exact story so there's no like interaction with anybody else where it's like like you don't find out like hey how are you doing this is that none of that it's just whoever comes up on the zoom and that's it so I know the players like it because there's nobody other than Metiche bothering them but it's like (laughs) It's also a disservice to the fans because you don't get to hear some of the unique stories about these guys. And I think like you do a great job when you interview these guys, you find different stories and you get information, but like you, us as reporters, when, before you interview them, that little five minute beforehand, like, Hey, how you been? How's everything going? Like where you get the little personal stuff, you can incorporate that and tell somebody stories. Like we don't have that anymore. Beto, that's amazing. Cause I, I, I was missing that and I didn't really realize it until you said it because we would always be at the performance center with LAFC and it could be you're crossing one of the players, one of the coaches, you ask, Hey, what happened here? And he'll give you a personal story. Yeah. The kid got straight A's in school and you know, that's something you could use on the broadcast or, mm-hmm. you know, we made a, we made a killing on Halloween candy, those little things you could bring in. And I know the audience loves that when you give that, that touch and we haven't been able to do it. You know, it puts no, no tears for the, for the journalists really, because, uh, compared to everyone else, we have it good. But when we present our work, uh, that little piece is missing. I'm sure the audience can catch that. Yeah, and it's uh, like I said, we're, I'm not sounding like I'm the complaining reporter or anything like that. Well, this is our this is where we get it off our chest. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's more of we take pride, and I know you do, and I've been a big fan of yours for years since your Fox Sports days in LA. Uh, you take pride <laughs> in no in 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 our broadcast of telling the audience and educating them on something that they can't find on Google, like something that they can't find anywhere else that we can, that somebody can take it and be like, you know what, I'm going to go tell uh, my neighbor or I'm going to go tell somebody who's in my fantasy league. I know this about that guy. And like, really? How? Like, if you just find out one little nugget, like say the guy's daughter is selling Girl Scout cookies, you know, like that makes you relatable to that person or just something like that. It's just, 
it, it's um, it, I mean, it all sucks, but it's, I'm just glad we're playing. We have games out there, and like you know, I work a lot of boxing, and that's been taking a hit. And I know you were doing uh, Comate Americas for MMA, and all that is just like weird. Like it's just hey, like we do a good job calling the fight, but it's like give something to the fans. Absolutely. And be, just as a reminder, I know Marco would tune into the podcast. So if he's listening, hello, Marco. He may not listen all the time because, you know, there's good. Oh, oh, good. Good man. But can you imagine, I mean, obviously the, the NBA season in nor, a normal year, the NBA season wouldn't be going on right now. But can you imagine with Lakers and the Dodgers, you have both MLS teams churning. They would be playing now and throw in what's happening at SoFi Stadium. Uh, I mean, you can't ask for a richer sports culture in Los Angeles. It's still there, but the, the, big, the biggest part, one of the, one of the two foundation stones, I would say, the supporters, unfortunately, are not there. Yeah. Damn. I, I've covered the Lakers parades in uh, 9 and 10, which is just crazy. Uh, Dodgers, I've never done anything with that, but if the Dodgers would have won a World Series this year and the fans can't celebrate with them, since 1988, then one, like, how? What? It just... I mean, I mean, there's people who save up all their money just to go to a playoff game and yeah. have that experience. Aww. Yeah, and they won't be able to have, do that. Like, I, I mean, I'm not working any baseball playoffs at all this year because the Dodgers are going to be sent to Texas. So Right, because they have their little bubbles okay. now. Like, yeah. And for like, I remember talking to uh, – uh, who's that kid? Fusaro. Uh, Stefan, Stefan Fusaro. Stefan Fusaro was in the Orlando bubble for MLS. Yeah, I was, I was exchanging DMs with him. I'm like, you're one of the few guys there. Like him and Nico Cantor, they're the only ones in there. Like, how weird is that to be in an MLS bubble? Like, just like you want to be able to tell stuff stories, but you can't. And then for fans to like, hey, my team won, but I can't do anything about it. It's just, we got yeah, something like the old man that's complaining. I love that. it. No, I, I'm I'm glad to hear it because I can bounce it off of myself because I've been I've been going through that as well. But we we'll be patient and we we look forward to some light here at the end of the tunnel. Hispanic Heritage Month. I know you were with George Sedano and Serena, and you had Pablo Cisniega on last night. How did that go? Yeah, uh, ESPN uh, Radio in Los Angeles uh, did uh, a Zoom where fans could watch it for Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, you just mentioned the people. And Pablo, I've read about him. Uh, He's an amazing past. guy, man. His background is just so That's interesting. I, because I, when he got signed up, so my thing is, whenever anybody gets called up to a team where they get signed, I'm like, all right, who is this guy? They have a Latino name, right? Because I'm like, how do I – how do I get that person and incorporate them to the LA audience? Um, just trying to tell us something different because I am along with Mario Solis from channel four here in LA. We're the only Mexican American reporters in town. Um, the LA times has two beat writers covering baseball in uh, Jorge Castillo, Maria Torres, but they're from Puerto Rico, uh, the Puerto Rico roots. So there's like no Mexicans in LA. So anytime a Mexican comes through, I'm going to send a tweet about that. Yeah. Then I go and find out my, like, this is from Philadelphia. This guy's from Spain. And then I'm like, wait, his mom and dad are Olympians. I'm like, his dad was a flag bearer. I'm like, and yeah, I have nothing in common bear. with this guy. Like, nothing in common with this dude right here. He's 6'3", and he's great. He lost his spleen. But so we talked with <laughs> oh, him. He's amazing. One of, he's so nice. Super nice guy. Really articulate. And, but you can see, because I've, I've, I've heard some interviews with his dad, and you can see the dad in him. And he's, they're, they're just full of life. You know, very, very serious in many ways, but open to new things. And uh, we're really proud of Pablo. And uh, it's it, just to see him develop, not just as a player, as a human, has been pretty cool. And I'm glad to hear that reaction from you guys, because I, we need to, to, more people to see yeah. what an incredible life at, such, at he's 25. 
at a young age, a guy like this has had it to, to, to see from his parents, his, his dad was a, a pentathlete, I think, and a yeah. swimmer. And then the father, he said, do you want to get in this? He goes, no, I want to be soccer. And they started the Chivas Academy. Well, a, what, what was real cool about this was, you and I have talked about this, um, in our business, everybody, like all the executives are not Latino. So they assume like, oh, you guys are all the same. You guys all like soccer. You guys are all mm -hmm. this. And it's not, I'm not saying, it's just the assumption that everybody, because they don't know that his Hispanics, Latinos can be different. Like, you know, I'm Mexican. Don't call me Hispanic. I'm calling Mexican. Like the Cubans are fine with it. You know, Cubans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, everybody's different. You know, the beans are even different. I, we were talking about how frijoles and arbitrolas. I didn't know what arbitrolas were until I started hanging out with the, uh, in baseball. But what was good about this is that we brought the light to people that, hey, we might all be Hispanos, but everybody's different and unique, and we take pride in where we come from. And Sedano, from a Miami Cuban, Serena, Puerto Rican, Colombian from the Bronx. I'm Mexican-American in L.A., and we all have a different upbringing, but yet we all take pride in our culture, and we just want to help each other out and get rid of that crabs in the bucket mentality that we have, especially as broadcasters, where it's like, hey, let me help somebody else out. And Pablo brought a great perspective. He's like, I grew up in Mexico, but I got American roots. I think I'm Mexican, but then I go to Philadelphia in the suburbs where the, I'm the only one there, and I find one Colombian guy, and all of a sudden that's my good friend. Yeah. He's like, but I'm playing in Mexico, and then I go play for Chivas Youth, and then I'm not treated well because they not don't Mexican consider me enough. a Chiva guy. And he's like, then I go to Spain, and then the Spaniards are completely different. And he's like, that's when he got the real perspective of how we might all be kind of the same, but we're so different in a unique, cool way where – you know, he's like, the languages are so different. It's, uh, it, it was really cool to see and have that open forum. And I'm glad ESPN Radio gave it to us. I'm glad they gave it to you. And uh, I'm really proud of uh, the way you guys are. I'm going to take, a, a, I listened to some, some pieces of it. I'll listen to the whole thing. But it's, uh, I, he's got a great head on his shoulders. And I, I always have so yeah. much faith in you, Beto, because let's talk about Hispanics in this media. And it, it needs to be advanced, especially in this city, because of the audience is predominantly... It's Mexican-American, first generation or current generation. And, you know, like I was at ESPN and I, I ticked a box. Although I didn't really benefit from being Hispanic because, you know, I, I, well, you know I'm his, both my parents are Cuban. Uh, so I can tick a box if they wanted it to. But I was like, all right. And there was George and there was Pedro Gomez. And there was like six Cubans and Dan Levitard. And I go, we can't really tick a box. It's easy because we're these Cuban guys there, but it's got to be, it, it's got to be more specific, especially in cities like L.A. or in Texas, where I, I was watching your hit with Jim Hill and you picked up the song. Volver, volver. <laughs> you know, and, and like as a Mexican, and you said they play this song when you're in bad spirits and you're leaving and the Mexican community can relate to that. And I thought that was, that's brilliant. That's what, that, when you want the, his, whatever group, we all want to, Hispanics want to be included. They want to be included with everything. They want to, just want you to talk to you a little bit. But what you were able to do there, and that's making them feel included. And if it was, say if it was Jim Hill who said that, the Hispanics would be doing backwards. Go, hey, they're playing Volver, Volver. Yeah. Uh, and that means obviously they didn't go so well. But those little idiosyncrasies, those little moments, uh, go a big way, but it, it's important that I think Mexican, young Mexican talent, I, I, we, we need to help them 
to get a bigger mouthpiece because Mario Solis has been, this is another example. You mentioned Mario Solis. He's been a, an incredible ally for us here at LAFC. He's, he's done reports. I send him something about uh, the new, the new Samba shoes. He does a whole thing about it. I go, this is just incredibly valuable, but we need more folks like that to be empowered, whether it's an executive position, whether it's behind the scenes in front of the camera. And it was those little, it, and when people ask me why it's those little moments, like you said about Volved, but why, why I can't remember his name. The singer. Vicente Fernandez. Vicente Fernandez. But those are the things that make people feel comfortable. And that's what we got. Yeah, it was a, uh, so it's, like I'm 42 and I've never been that. Like, I want to be known as like the Hispanic Latino reporter. We always just want to be known for our best, right? And but now that I'm older and I'm like realizing, like, damn, I look around. I've, since the day I started, I've always been the only one. Um, and I'm like, damn, I'm not supposed to be here, right? And then so if I can do anything to help somebody else, cool. But this business is so bad, it's terrible because there aren't many opportunities. Where you're 28 years old and you're only making 30,000, can you really sustain that? Like, I mean, so there's no pipeline of Latinos coming through. Um, that's why I go speak to different high schools. And I always tell them like, you don't have to be talent. Just get in the door as behind the scenes, yeah. a producer, director, whatever it is. So that's why when you were on SportsCenter, you worked with, um, uh, was it a uh, coachman? You guys were dance late night Saturdays. And I would see you and I would just tweet about it. And not because you're my guy, but it was like, this guy's cool. He's having fun. He's doing it. And just supporting each other. Mind you, there's some also Latinos who, who are doing it, who I don't support. So I'm not just giving a blanket to support everybody. Yeah. Like, if you got to be good, you got to be legit, there's no problem. But that goes back to the attitude of, in our business. It's like, oh, Max has a job. Let me talk bad about it so I can take that job. Where I'm on the other side where I'm like, like, look, I used to be the guy at Combate Americas. And I had conflicts and there was this and that. And then they're like, we can't use you anymore. And I'm like, cool, Max is the guy. Like, use Max. Where I could have been the bitter one and said, no, no, that's my job. I'll do it. Like, no, I'm... Somebody else, I might have been bitter. Max, cool. Oh, Go for man. it. Like, there's nobody. No, because it is hermano, bro. Like, that's the way it's got to be. Because I'd rather see you get it than somebody else um, who doesn't deserve it. But what you're saying about helping each other out, there's just that lack of pipeline coming through. So if you find one person, grab him and take you with you. And it's not a matter of like, hey, I'm going to give you a job just because you're Latino. It's no, fool, you better be good. Uh, like, if you're good, I'm going to put my name on you for you. I'm going to help you out. Same thing with the team. If you're good, they're going to bring you in. You know, you don't want a washed up 45-year-old Mexican. You want to get a chicharito. You, you want to get like, – Well <laughs> I said 40. I said 45. I said 45. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I'm pulling – I want chicharito to do well. It hurts me that he hasn't, hasn't done it to get a little bit off topic. But yeah, I we'll delete that part. Yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate – Everything stays on the record. I appreciate you, you saying that, man. And, you know, it reminds me, Gio Garcia is a guy who covers LAFC. And he started, he started his little podcast. It's, it's got a small audience. And it's frustrating for him because uh, it, it's, he has to build it. But he's now getting some traction. And he's creating uh, relationships. People know who he is at LAFC. People know who he's at the Galaxy. He was at the Ch Clippers. And I think he's a great example yeah. of a guy who – has to go through that process. It's hard, man. And it's a lot, like you said, a lot of times you're not getting the money where it can support you and you probably have to have another job, but I'm ready to help. I want to help more, man. If you, if, if there's someone who wants to get in that soccer, let me know. And we want, I want to champion this a little bit more, a lot more uh, so that we have these opportunities because it's not only important to give those, those kids an opportunity. They can make a difference for the same way we can speak to that audience. And this, this, the crazy part, is there's a huge dollar sign attached to this because this yeah. is the audience 
that needs to be spoken to. And, and there are folks in power that have to defer but I will that say responsibility. This, I'll, I'll say this. If, if you're a young person who's trying to get into this business, and if you're listening to this, we don't know who you are, not because we're ignoring you, but you need to come and say, hey, I want to do this. Like you said his name is Gio Garcia. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Gio Garcia, I wish you the best. Good luck to you. Dude, reach out to me. Let me know what you need. Um, it's like you, if you're the young person, you have to go and say, think about like you're getting recruited. You're, you want to go play for Barcelona? What are you doing? You're sending you their tapes, right? You're sending them clips. You're figuring this out. You've got to sell yourself. Find the people who are doing the job you want to do and let them know I exist. So, because you and I are busy trying to survive in this business. Yeah. So, and but don't be discouraged if we don't get back to you right away because we'll be like, hey, look, just keep adding it. That's what I always say to people. You got to be, you got to persevere. Yeah. You're not really bothering us. They'll, if you keep asking, they'll go, all right, eventually they'll do it. You're not really bothering because you have to fit in the schedule. But all, do that. If you're in a room with people, introduce yourself to everyone. Always. And those kind of things. Closed mouths don't get fed. And back to the thing about the Hispanic audience, it's we're smart. We have they the are. money. We want to do this. We're very passionate about our teams, very loyal. Like my mom still uses Tide to this day. Like, right? It's like your brand loyal deluxe, but don't pander to us. Like, know that what we're doing is Eso. sincere about it. Like, uh, it. like, the Rams, they have a mariachi Rams. They didn't just get, like, oh, a little picture one, only for Hispanic Heritage Month. They have it the entire year, and they got legit, real mariachi doing it, letting them do their job. So it's cool. It's like, don't pander. Just let us know. So, like, if I were to, like, like I said, the reason I did that thing with Volver Volver was I'm standing there doing my hit at SoFi Stadium. The music comes on. And the DJ, for some reason, starts playing Vicente Fernandez, blah, 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 blah. in the middle of my hit. And I'm hearing this. And I'm just like, hey, Jim, we got to go. And, like, if it would have been playing, I ignore it. It's cool. But if I would have been like, hey, look, they're doing this. It's like you can tell when somebody's fake and not genuine. And I put that little clip up there. And people are like, damn, that's what's up, Beto. You understood it. And, like, look, I ain't the most Mexican. I even say I'm Latino light, bro. Right? I'm, I'm like, I go with it. I play along. But it's like, if you could do one thing that helps somebody identify with you, that's what matters. And look, you can go and hire, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say this is on the record. Don't delete this. You can go and hire a Spanish speaking announcer to do English games and who can go over the top with go that other stuff. But is he really doing a service to the yeah. audience? Or you can hire somebody like Max Bertels, Bernardo Osuna, who is Latino, whose English is perfect for you. That's the real representation. Like we don't need somebody who's just going to be a cartoon out there. Oh, we check the box. It's like, give me somebody who's freaking professional. And that's why you're out there, man. So I love seeing you out there. Oh, doing. man. I love you. Too. And I took uh, much longer than I said I would. I really appreciate you. By the way, I hope you could be a big exec one day because you could fix a lot of things if you, uh, want, the, if you want the gig. <laughs> I, 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 like, I'm just trying to get you tequila and that's it, bro. <laughs> good man. Beto, I love you, man. Thank you for your time. This is really good information. I know people will really appreciate hearing it. And thanks for joining everyone here on the Inside LAFC podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and view, and check out Beto on the one and the only Living the Dream podcast, uh, available where podcasts are available. Thanks, Beto. Thanks, man.